Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, as always, and we got a big report to get to to kick things off. The New York Fed released their analysis of debt, household debt, in the fourth quarter of 2021. And not surprisingly, record numbers out in the fourth quarter. So, aggregate household debt balances totaled 15.58 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2021. That is a 300 and $33 billion increase from the third quarter. That's up 2.2%. I like the $333 billion. I like that. It's a nice, nice-looking number. This was the largest increase since 2007, both percentage-wise and in nominal terms. So, yeah, alarm bells are kind of going off a little bit. Like, you hear, anytime you hear 2007, especially when you're working in the housing sector <laughs> or just the overall economy, you're like, uh-oh. Since, since 2007? Yeah, that's... The last time we saw something like this. But here, here's the good news. Outstanding debt is now $1 trillion higher. Well, actually, hold on. We'll get to the good news in a second. Outstanding debt is now $1 trillion higher, 6.9% than 2020, and $1.4 trillion higher than in 2019. That's almost 10%, 9.9% higher. So here is the good news. There is good news. Here is the good news. A large portion, a very large portion of this is housing debt. And once again, I know I said 2007, you think 2007 housing bad. So how can this be good? Well, very different type of loans being originated now versus what was happening in 2007. So the numbers 1.03 trillion in newly originated mortgages in the fourth quarter of 2021. And yes, that includes refis. So that you got to make sure you note that. But here's the real good news. 67% of that is going to borrowers with credit scores higher than 760. So this is not 2000. This isn't close to 2007. I would bet, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you were looking at 2007 and you're looking at where the majority of loan originations were going, it was not to people with credit scores 760 and above. It was probably 560 at best. So not even close to what we saw in 2007. So in total, mortgage originations hit an all-time high, $4.5 trillion in 2021. So like I said, the good news is that a lot of this debt is home debt. And yesterday we talked about how many homeowners, or was it yesterday or the day before on the podcast? I can't remember. My days blend. I think it's somewhere 41.9% of homeowners across the country are equity rich. Very different than what we saw in 2007. So that's the good news is a lot of this debt is going to, or it's debt that's backed by assets that are not underwater. That's the good news. Now, here's some of the bad news. Skyrocketing automobile prices mean bigger loans for consumers to buy said cars. The volume of newly originated loans, which does include leases, was $181 billion, uh, primarily reflecting the higher origination amount per loan rather than more loans originated. So it's not that more people are buying cars. It's that the cost of buying a car has increased. And we've talked about the inflation data many a times here on the podcast. And let's just say 
one of the big reasons for the inflation has been not only new car prices, but used car prices. And so because those prices have skyrocketed, it's more than likely if you're buying a car, even if it's a used car, where I think you're seeing, what is it, like 40% year-over-year price increase, you're probably getting a loan. And that loan's going to be higher than it would have been a year ago, and definitely two years ago. So that's kind of the bad news. Automobiles aren't as safe for obvious reasons. You drive them off the lot, they drop, what, 20 30% value? It's not a home. doesn't appreciate. So that's one of the problems. Uh, and then credit cards, always the sort of black sheep when it comes to credit. Credit card limits also ticked up in the fourth quarter. Aggregate limits on credit cards stepped up by $96 billion in the fourth quarter, and they now stand at $4 trillion compared to $3.93 trillion in the first quarter of 2020. And to be honest... Go back to the first quarter of 2020, and if you would have told us that we've only seen that increase, I mean, you would have thought everyone would have been borrowing to the hilt because of the economy shutting down, and our government sure did, (laughs) but the people, I would have thought that number may have been a little higher, but here's something that's interesting out of this report from, once again, the New York Fed. Consumer demand for credit actually fell in the fourth quarter, looking at credit inquiries, which is usually a sign of you know people demanding, you know, they put forward a credit inquiry because they demanding credit. Uh, it fell 6.1% from the previous quarter. So, you know, take from that what you will. I mean, the numbers are obviously increasing, but once again, the reason you're seeing higher loan amounts for both houses and cars is because both those products have gone up in value. And so it costs more to buy them. But it's interesting that credit inquiries actually fell. So... Could that be the silver lining? Because <laughs> you see debt and everyone gets very freaked out, especially when you hear, we haven't seen this jump since 2007. But then once again, remember what was happening in 2007, home prices were spiking. And with one of the biggest causes of household debt is mortgages. If houses, ho- houses go up, loan amounts have to go up and therefore you get more household debt. But the fact that once again, most of the debt is in a, asset that is appreciating, especially right now, uh, it's not that bad, especially the demand for credit. Because, you know, when things are getting really bad and people are tapped out, they start running and borrowing. And so the fact that we actually saw credit inquiries decline, I'm going to take as a good sign. And so even though the numbers are up, I think all in all, not a bad report. Uh, Now, we also got some data on a global scale this morning as well. The U.S. trade deficit ended the year at a record high. So another record high when it comes to numbers. This is the latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau of Economic Analysis and the U.S. Census Bureau. The trade deficit increased by $1.4 billion to $80.7 billion in December. Like I said, the highest level on record. Exports actually increased by 3.4 billion to 228 billion at the end of December. Goods exports increased 2 billion. Service exports were up 1.4 billion, but imports were higher. Even with the supply chain issues, surprisingly enough, they were up 4.8 billion to now 308.9 billion. Goods were up 5.2 billion. So we increased 5.2 billion. Uh, more stuff here in the United States. And then services, that uh, import actually fell 
kind of makes sense, I guess, to some extent. Uh, 0.4 billion in December. Andrew Hunter, senior U.S. economist for Capital Economics, had some good news about the congestion at ports, saying in a note, quote, trade in both directions appears to have benefited from easing congestion at U.S. ports towards the end of last year. So we've been hearing about this congestion in the ports. We've been hearing about the supply chain issues. Could this be a sign that things are starting to get better? I hope so. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking, so if you've noticed today, I'm taking a more optimistic silver lining approach to this data. That's, that's how I'm approaching it. So I'm, I'm hoping that we are going to see some benefits and we are going to see some supply chain easing and that will help both imports and exports, which I'm a fan of both. I like both. I like imports and exports. I'm equal opportunity appreciator. I like them both here. All right. And before we go, um, we've talked about this. We talked about this on Monday after that big jobs report came out on Friday that defied expectations was way better than everyone was expecting. All of a sudden, we saw a lot more chatter about a possible 50 basis point increase in March. I mean, we know there's going to be one. And some have said, well, they should move it up and have it right now in February. Others have said, well, they're definitely going to do it in March. And then the chatter began, well, maybe there'll be a big jump because of how good that jobs report was. And also a reminder, CPI data is coming out on Thursday, and that is going to be big. I mean, I was just reading a uh, note from JP Morgan. They've never seen economic data as hyped as this report, because if it comes in hot, that is going to put major pressure on the Fed. But as it stands right now, there was a piece over at Bloomberg by Edward Bolenbroke, who said two of Wall Street's largest banks, Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, are recommending bets against a supersized rate hike from the Federal Reserve in March. As I mentioned, speculation surged on Friday after the jobs report, which resulted in swap markets giving roughly about 50% odds to a 50 basis point increase in March, which, I mean, considering where we would have been three months ago, that's that's a big deal. I mean, coin flip that we're going to see a 50 basis point hike in March. Analysts, though, from both Goldman and Citigroup disagree with this move. Bolenbroke said that they see such an aggressive move as unlikely and are suggesting trades that would benefit from a more traditional quarter point jump. And the fact that we have not seen anything from the Fed since that jobs report, probably a good indication that it's not going to happen. There's one thing Jerome Powell does is he likes to let you know what's going to happen. He doesn't like to surprise markets. And the fact that we've heard nothing about a possible bigger increase in March means more than likely this analysis from Goldman and Citi is probably pretty accurate. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> they, they know more than I. So I, I would have thought that the odds were better. I never thought it was 100%, but the odds got a lot better and they did. But now they're saying, well... Probably not, but we'll see. I mean, if the CPI report comes in, it's like 8% or something much bigger than expected. I don't know. 50 basis points could be a more likely outcome. So we will see. Now, before we go, we'll take a look at, well, what's happening this morning and not a lot. And it's 
<laughs> it's kind of funny because every time I say that, like a bunch of reports come out. So we'll see. Is what I'm aware of what is happening this morning. We do have mortgage demand and mortgage rates from the Mortgage Bankers Association. And that's really all I see on my radar. So I don't know if they're just kind of clearing the bench <laughs> or clearing the lineup, I should say, for the CPI report out on Thursday. But we'll see what we talk about on tomorrow's podcast. You guys enjoy the rest of your morning, and I will see you or talk to you on Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait. 